If you're like most of us, you own entirely too many clothes. And yet, the most common feeling we have when the time comes to dress up is I've got nothing to wear. We're constantly deal shopping and clothes buying, and yet we still feel as if we do not have the clothes we need to feel happy, stylish, attractive, and empowered. How did we get here? Turns out, the problem isn't our messy closets. It's our messy relationship to clothes, style, the fashion industry, and ourselves. Join host Aaron Flynn as we talk to the experts in the industry, history, and psychology of clothing and try to uncover how we got to this place with too many clothes and nothing to wear. Brought to you by Cloudwell. Okay, this is it, the final episode. We've talked about the problem. The fashion industry is broken. We've talked about how style and beauty are really about who we are and how we express ourselves, not about the clothes we wear. We've gone back in time to explore the origins of our current obsession with clothes. And we've heard two amazing personal stories from women whose lives were changed when they re-examined their relationship with style. Creating this podcast, I knew I needed to close it out strong. I knew I needed somebody who could sum up the problem and offer a solution. That person is Courtney Carver. Courtney Carver is the creator of the blog, Be More With Less, and the popular fashion challenge known as Project 333. Her work has truly taken on a life of its own, becoming a movement and turning her into one of the top bloggers in the world on the subject of minimalism. Her most recent book, also called Project 333, is a masterclass on minimalism in fashion. And honestly, I can't think of anyone else to close out this journey and give us some hope for the future. Welcome, Courtney. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you, too. So let's go back to 2006. You're an advertising exec in Salt Lake City, and now you're an advocate for minimalism. So this feels like two very different worlds. How did you go from that to here? It does feel like a different world. And it. I always think 2006 was 10 years ago. Yes. In fact, I've been saying 10 years ago for a really long time now, but it's clearly much longer than that. And things continue to change, which is really cool. And I'm starting to realize that that's what life is all about. But um, in 2006, what really kind of started me on this path towards living with less and reducing stress and drama and excess from my life was a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. So while I was working in that at exec job, completely stressed out and running crazy and always so busy and in debt, just kind of doing what everybody else around me was doing. Uh, my body finally said enough of this craziness. And I think it had said enough plenty of other times, but not loud enough for me to pay attention. And this time I didn't really think I had a choice, but to make a change. 
Wow. And was that something that, again, probably felt very normal at the time you're going at, you know, fast pace that, like you just said, everyone around you is doing the same thing. What was it about this diagnosis that really like made you stop and pause? It was a few things. I mean, first of all, I didn't know enough about it to understand what was going to happen to me. And Mm -hmm. MS is so different from person to person. It can lead to, I mean, paralysis, to cognitive decline, to numbness and tingling in your body, to vertigo, fatigue, like the symptoms are endless. And my boss at the time, or he was my boss at the time, but he has MS and was in a wheelchair ever since I had known him. And so that was really my face of MS at the time. And my neurologist, after like looking at brain scans and doing exams with me where like, if I closed my eyes, I would fall over. Somebody would have to catch me. Um, basically told me that I was standing on the edge of a cliff. And if things didn't change, the direction was not good. It wasn't on my mind to simplify my life at that time. That actually never crossed my mind. (laughs) Um, But all of my research really pointed to stress and reducing stress as one of the ways to live better with MS. And so that became my new focus and goal And as it turns out, simplicity is a great way to reduce stress. Hearing that, it's so hard for, I think, people to believe sometimes that there's freedom and simplicity, Um, especially if you've never, you know, really decluttered or if it just feels too overwhelming to even start. But I've, I've heard you say that a simpler closet is the gateway to a simpler life. So what triggered you? Um, I know you had said you you just you did some research, but what triggered you to start with your closet? Well, I didn't start with my closet. Okay. But the closet probably had the biggest impact. So at first I was just looking at where stress was in my life. And I looked at things like diet and debt. And I, I think it was when we were paying off a lot of our debt that I started to notice that my clutter was stressful, that the stuff in my house that I didn't use or enjoy or even you know, pay much attention to, so I thought, was also adding a great deal of stress to my life. And so I was working on decluttering my home. And I really backburnered the closet at first because I didn't want to go there. Like I yeah. loved my clothes. I loved shopping. Um, and I thought that was relieving stress. I thought spending money on clothes I didn't wear was stress relieving. <laughs> right. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought I have to do something here. And the reason that I now say that the closet is a gateway or the gateway to a simpler life is because I've seen so many people now start there and make so much progress afterwards and notice the benefits even faster than maybe like taking three years to declutter a whole house where they can do that in their closet pretty quickly and really understand the power of simplicity. So was it during that process as you started, you know, getting into your closet that you came up with the idea for Project 333 or started the blog or at what point did this kind of happen in the journey? All right. So I was diagnosed in 2006 and again, started simplifying very slowly then. And in 2010, got 
even more serious about things like kind of accelerating the debt repayment process and decluttering and downsizing or considering a downsize. And that's when I started bemorewithless.com. So May of 2010. Got it. And then it was in the summer that year that I came up with the idea of this fashion challenge because I just didn't know what else to do with my closet. It was so out of control and it wasn't contained to my closet. Like I had boxes of clothes in other places Mm -hmm. in my home. And so I just wanted to do something where I could kind of see what it would be like to dress with fewer items, but not get rid of everything and not make a commitment to permanent change. I just really wasn't ready for that. Yeah, And then in October of 2010 is when I started it for the first time and announced it on my new blog. 2010 is early for a blog. So you're probably just putting it out there thinking that a few people may look at it or maybe your your family and right. then it has this major impact. Um, so for, before we jump to that, for people who are listening and don't know what it is, can you explain what uh, Project 333 is? Sure. So it is a minimalist fashion challenge where you dress with 33 items or less for three months, including clothes, jewelry, accessories, and shoes. And you don't have to count things like underwear, sleepwear, uh, loungewear, so something you might hang around the house in or garden in. You don't need to count those items and you don't have to count workout clothes as long as your workout clothes are working out. And so now for people who are having a panic attack, (laughs) how would you describe um, getting started and maybe walk us through your first experience in doing this? Well, first, let me try to ease everyone's anxiety (laughs) by, by saying that the most challenging part is thinking about it. I mean, it was scary for me to think about. I was working full-time as an ad exec when I started it. I had no idea if it was going to work. I thought a lot of different things. I had a lot of fears and concerns. But once I started, almost from the very first day, I felt so much better, like almost immediately, because I, I wasn't faced with that closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. That's so fascinating because I, I – hear that a lot when when I'm talking to people about Cloudwell they will say that it seems hard to get started because I have to actually think about the items in my closet and it's like the thinking about it that is the the biggest fear for people um so in as you were kind of doing this decluttering what did you you know notice right away or or did you notice anything right away Right away, like when, first of all, as the the closet clean out process was happening, I was in shock over how much stuff I really had. I didn't know. Like I, I, I really didn't know because I had separated it where some stuff was in boxes, seasonal items were in other closets. It, it, when, I, when I had it all together on my bed, I just thought, oh, that's where all my money went. (laughs) Like, how could this be that I feel like I ever need something new when I have all of these choices? Um, So that was probably the first thing I realized. And then once that process was over and I had my 33 items, 
And I got ready in record time that first day. And I didn't have to try on five different things to feel like I had the right thing on. Yeah, I felt light and I felt more ease in my morning and I had more time. I wasn't running late like I usually was something similar happened to myself. It was for me, I think it was more shopping. It's interesting for you. It started with um, stress. Did you ever imagine when you started this that it would become this thing that has brought you, you know, to write books and to speak to people? Never expected that. In fact, I thought I would do the challenge for three months and then be back to, you know, some new version of what it used to be for me. Yeah. And I thought other people might think it was, I don't know, funny or weird or crazy or fun, but I didn't think it would have the, the, the longevity that it has. I mean, to, to still be something that people are really interested in this many years later says to me that it wasn't the passing fad that some people thought it might be. And maybe it wasn't as crazy as people thought. Yeah. And I know for myself personally, my own thoughts on minimalism and having a capsule has kind of evolved over the years. So fast forwarding to today, what does your closet currently look like? Do you still have a capsule? How has it kind of evolved? Well, today I still dress with 33 items or less every three months. And I do that for a couple of reasons. The first is that... It makes my life easier. It's so nice for me to be able to think about the clothing I need for a three-month season and then not think about clothes again for three months. It removes that temptation of shopping. It removes the the anxiety of when there is going to be a sale or what do I need or do I have enough. And the next reason is that because I'm still actively sharing this challenge and recently wrote a book about it and I'm inviting a lot of other people to try it, I want to be in that process with them because I think I'm always learning something new and people are asking me questions. And if I'm in it, I can better answer those questions. Yeah. Um, And I just don't want to be that person that's like, okay, I have it all figured out and now you should do what I did and you can figure it all out because – I don't have it all figured out. So you talk about in the book what you'll gain more of by having less. Can you talk me through, you know, what some of those elements are? And mainly because I think, again, for someone listening to this, and this is their first time, it's hard for people to get their head around um, as to what they'll gain when it feels so restrictive. So, yeah, talk me through a little bit about that. So you'll have more money if you normally shop quite a bit because you're not going to be shopping for three months. So you'll be saving all of that money. You'll have more time. Um, Definitely the time that you spend getting ready in the morning, you'll have more of that. Uh, And then the time that you might spend online shopping or browsing or adding to cart or walking through the mall, whatever that time is, you'll get back. And then other things that weren't as obvious to me, you know, really surprising that I had more clarity. So I wasn't making 500 decisions before I left the house in the morning about what to wear and feeling all the things that you feel about your clothes without even knowing. Um, None of those things were clogging up my brain. So I had more clarity throughout the day. 
I also discovered and have heard from a lot of other people that this is the case, that they have more confidence. Um, for a really long time, I relied on my clothes for that confidence, you know, trying to prove who I was by what I wore or, you know, just hoping that people would see me in a certain way because of how I was dressing, whether that was for my job or for an event um, or whatever it was. And sometimes I think I did that for myself too, like that aspirational shopping or dressing, like dressing for a life I didn't even have. And when I removed that element from the equation, I was discovering confidence from within. Um, which is pretty powerful. So it started with the closet, but I'm so curious as to what realizations you've had. Is this really about having a small closet or is there something else going on here? Yeah, it's not about the closet. It's not about clothes. It's not about fashion. It is about living intentionally. It's about discovering what matters to you. It's about freeing up the resources that you've devoted to everything in your closet for, again, things that really matter and make a difference in your life and the lives of others. Right. And you talked about, you know, the debt also being a thing. Um, What other areas have, you know, this, I guess, philosophy kind of bled over into every area. Like there's not one part of my life that hasn't been impacted by this. It's crazy. I mean, my work changed, my relationships changed in that without all of the distraction, I can actually show up for a conversation and be present. And we really take that for granted. I mean, that is not the norm these days that people are present. Yep. And maybe it's not because their closets are out of control, although in some cases I would guess that contributes, but our lives are just overwhelmingly full. You know, we were living in a um, 2,000 plus square foot home and now we live in an apartment, less than half of that, with no storage. I was say, did your family and friends get on board with this right away as well or did that take some uh, um, talking to <laughs> I would say everybody kind of did it on their own time in their own way. So for instance, most of my friends and family haven't done Project 333, for instance, Mm -hmm. but they were really on board when it came to, like my husband, for instance, when it came to paying down debt or getting rid of stuff that we didn't care about. He he probably wasn't as enthusiastic as I was right from the get-go, but he now especially, you know, seeing how much better our lives are because of it is uh, convinced for sure. And in terms of my friends, like I, it hasn't really been my mission to change them in any way. So if they ask me questions or they're curious, I'll definitely have that conversation. Um, But otherwise, yeah, it hasn't really been a big factor in, in our friendship. Yeah. Well, and probably they can see you kind of evolving. <laughs> so it's one of those things probably like they get curious and they ask, but it's less of a, you have to preach to them about something. Um, yeah. And I'm not deciding if we're going to be friends based on the right. the state of their closet, <laughs> because I never knew what their closets looked like before. So exactly. <laughs> that's not exactly a conversation starter. <laughs> yeah. So tell up. me how many items you have in your closet. Right. I want to see how far this friendship's going to go. <laughs> exactly. Um, Okay, so let's get practical practical for a minute. Um, 
So for someone listening again for the first time and they're hearing the concept of Project 333 and thinks, but I love shopping and I love fashion, what would you say to them? This comes up a lot. Um, I've heard this a lot over the years and I used to say it a lot. And here's what I discovered for myself. And this isn't the solution for every person, um, but for many. And that is that if you think that, I would challenge that thought and think maybe you don't know what you love because clothes seem like a weird thing to love unless you're really into fashion or that's your job or you're designing clothes. But for most of us, saying that we love clothes feels really strange to me. Yeah. And I used to say it all the time, but it was because I didn't know what I loved and clothes were easy to love because I could buy them all the time, anytime I wanted. Um, didn't really even have to spend a lot of money on them because of fast fashion and all of the options that were out there. And so there, I could always do like this little mini upgrade with clothes and feel newer and better and more excited about things for five minutes and then get my credit card statement and realize I wasn't even wearing the items anymore. Right. Yeah. So that that's really what I suggest to people is ask yourself, like, what do I really love? What am I really curious about? What am I interested in? If I wasn't spending the resources that I've spent on clothes and fashion, what would I spend it on? Which is probably why the hiatus is really great because <laughs> it gives you that space to ask those questions. Yeah, that's the other thing is it's temporary. So this is a, an experiment, a challenge. It's three months of figuring things out. Yeah, you don't have to commit to this entire lifestyle yet. <laughs> right. So what weight has been lifted off you by, by doing Project 333? Well, certainly the weight of being in debt uh, that wasn't the only thing that contributed, but it was a big part of it. Um, and I think more than anything, the weight of really caring about what other people think, because that's a heavy weight that a lot of us carry around is worrying about what people think of us. And for me, doing this challenge, that was a concern of mine. Like, what are people going to think? But most people didn't even notice that it was happening. So nobody at my work noticed that I was dressing with fewer items. Uh, if you weren't reading the blog or having a conversation with me about it, you didn't notice that I was wearing the same things over and over again. And that gave me a lot of confidence in other areas about what people think and why that shouldn't be important to me at all. Yeah. So within my work and and other parts of my life, I know that first of all, mostly they're not thinking about me. <laughs> and second of all, even if they are, the thoughts that they have about me are usually not about me, they're about them. Yeah. It's so true. So I'm curious, did you learn more about your own personal style and did you feel as if your style was somehow compromised by only doing the 33 items. Okay. This is a tough one for me to unpack because I never really had a personal style because I had all the styles. Mm -hmm. And I thought 
that I had to figure out what my personal style was. And there was some pressure here and there within my life to figure that out because I've learned that, or I thought you were supposed to do that. And I would get frustrated that I couldn't figure that out. I had enough options that I thought I should be able to, but it was very confusing because I had so many options. Yeah. And so I never really made a decision like my personal style is, but instead simply eliminated things that didn't fit my body and didn't fit my lifestyle. I still don't know how to name my personal style. Like if I had to call it anything, I would call it freedom. Like I have the freedom to wear whatever I want, even within those 33 items. They're all my favorite clothes. And this is also not like a a challenge that is bound by the law. Like if I need to go and get something else or I want to get something else, I can. I am free to do that. Usually, I would say 99.5% of the time, I don't want to spend my time like that. But if I want to, I can. So having 33 items for three months is in no way for me a sacrifice. If anything, it's given me more options um, because I can think about the ones that I have. I mean, most of us, even if you have everything in your closet, hundreds of items, you're probably only wearing the same few things over and over and over again and feeling crappy about the stuff you're not wearing. So true. I think the stat is you only wear 20% of your closet. <laughs> right. 80% of the time, right? Yeah. I. It's also really funny that you say that or hearing you say that. I've never really equated this, but um, I feel like there's all these, you know, same type of things, podcasts, blogs, um, books around kind of like finding your life's purpose. And you always feel bad when you're not entirely sure how to articulate your life's purpose. And I feel like hearing you talk about personal style, it's very similar. Like there's something around if you can't put a label or a name on your personal style, you you feel bad about it. But you're right. It doesn't have to be, you know, we don't have to have a name for it. It just needs to be the things you love and wear. Right. So I'm getting into kind of my last three questions. Um, What moment in this journey would you consider life-altering? Well, certainly being diagnosed with MS was life-altering. I think the first three months of Project 333 was life-altering for me just because of everything I discovered about myself in those three months. And I don't know, like it just seems like this ongoing journey where I'm so much more aware and able to notice things that I wasn't before. So my life is altered <laughs> more often than not simply by being able to pay attention. And do you think part of this, this is not one of those three questions, but <laughs> I want to ask it, which is, do you think part of that is just becoming conscious? Like, would you consider yourself that you were unconscious before of your closet? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I really did think that shopping relieved stress. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, so, I think they call yes. it like shopping therapy. <laughs> yeah. I find that so fascinating because they, like, that seems like such a simple change and kind of what you're talking about of just going from, you know, doing, um, not being aware to doing this challenge. Like it was just that little change that was life altering, it seems like. Yeah, it was. I mean, if I think about it, it felt like a really big change, but it was a really small shift 
if you zoom out and look at your whole life mm-hmm. and it's affected so many different areas of my life that I, I mean, that's why I feel so comfortable recommending it and talking about it and writing about it and speaking about it because I know that it has the power to really change people. That's awesome. What's the one piece of wisdom in this whole process that you've gained that you wish to pass on? Oh, hmm. Only one, huh? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to hold you to it. So (laughs) (laughs) There's just so many. It's hard to, to narrow it down. But I would say you can care a lot for people without caring about what they think of you. And just kind of swinging back to what we were talking about earlier, most of the time they're not thinking about you. And so that means you should feel free to live your life the way that you want to live your life. Um, And the other thing is, so if we could do two things, I would really appreciate it. (laughs) I will allow you to do one more piece of wisdom. (laughs) Okay. The, The second thing would be when you ask the question or when you think this, this is crazy, or when you think, wouldn't it be crazy if don't stop there because this is where that challenge came from. Wouldn't it be crazy if I only dressed with these few amount of few items of clothes and that's why I downsized from a house to an apartment. Wouldn't it be crazy if we sold our house and downsized into an apartment? I've asked this question so many times and in the first, I don't know, many, many years of my life, I would have just shut that down and thought, well, that is crazy. Like a normal person wouldn't do this. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. This isn't logical. Uh, but if you can just follow through on it and see that through, it's just remarkable what happens. So always be willing to answer that question. Wouldn't it be crazy if? Finish the sentence, I believe. I believe that I shouldn't always believe what I think. Ooh, interesting. So my thoughts, as brilliant as I happen to think they are from time to time, are not all true. And realizing that has freed me up in so many ways. So now when I start to overthink, especially, I stop and just let the thoughts go. Like they can just come and go and come and go. They're not all true. I don't have to act on most of them. And... I feel much better because of it. I love that. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and also uh, talking about Project 333. I'm, I'm really excited for people who are listening for the first time, and I hope they, they go read your book and also try it out. Um, so thanks again for being on here. My pleasure, and congratulations on the new podcast. Well, thank you. Courtney for sharing your story and for giving us something we can actually do to make a change. Right now, Courtney is touring the country promoting the release of her book, Project 333, which is available on Amazon. You should totally get it. If I've learned anything from this whole podcast experience, it's this. Our clothes matter. Your style doesn't just communicate what you like or what you think looks good on you. It communicates what you believe about yourself, about clothing, about the world. So maybe we're so stressed out about clothes for a good reason. It's important.
we buy clothes, we vote for the company that makes them and their labor practices. When we listen to the messages of advertisers and act on those messages, when we click, swipe, and share, we're saying, hey, you were right about me. Cheaper is better. I do need new clothes to feel beautiful. And when we give in to trend, always buying the latest thing, dressing for others instead of ourselves, we become part of the problem. I hope that this journey and these voices have encouraged you that it's okay to think differently about clothes, to tell a different story with how you dress and how you buy. And if you're wondering, okay, Aaron, so what do I do? Well, I can't decide that for you. What I can do is share what I'm taking away from this experience. Fashion is not about looking like someone else. It's better than that. It's an invitation to find out who you truly are. Money can't buy fashion. The more we buy, the less whole we become. And finding your personal style isn't something to be achieved or a destination to be reached. It's a wonderful journey where we're free to evolve. I started Cladwell because I wanted to show people how to get more from what they already have. Because I believe in a world where people feel comfortable enough in their own skin to express themselves and their beliefs with their clothes. And because no matter how imperfect the path, the one worth taking is that which leads us to being free. Thanks for listening.